You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. Since that, one simple sentence, fans have on different levels been obsessed about thinking, what was the Clone Wars? idea of doing a animated TV series was intriguing to me because it really did allow me to broaden the, the, the canvas of what Star Wars is about. Hello and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host Charlotte. Hey everyone, I'm your other host Caitlin and welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> to our very first Clone Wars episode, season seven I still can't believe it. I I still can't believe that we're covering new Clone Wars episodes on Sky Talkers. Me neither. It's 2020 and we have new Clone Wars episodes. What? I can't even believe it. I'm like giddy. I'm still giddy. I woke up this morning. We're recording this on Saturday, so it's a day since the episode came out. I woke up this morning and I was like, we're living in a world with new Clone Wars. <laughs> And we're watching it week to week. It's not, you know, it's the lost missions that are just released all on Netflix. No, it's no. week to week. This is like high school, Caitlin. I know. It's amazing. And what's fun is Charlotte <laughs> and I are going to be together next weekend. We're taking a weekend trip together. And so we're going to get to watch the next episode of Clone Wars together. So it's really going to be like old times. I can't oh my God, wait. I'm so excited. We're, I think we're going to have to stay up. So I'm excited. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so this Friday was like the biggest Friday of my fandom life. I'm a really big K-pop fan and like BTS is my favorite group. And they had a new album that came out on Friday morning too, like at the same time as Clone Wars was coming out. And the new BTS album is called Seven and it's the seventh season of Clone Wars. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> And I was literally up at 4 a.m. listening to the BTS album and then watching Clone Wars. And I had like so much fandom joy in the first two hours of the day. And I texted Charlotte at 10 a.m. And I was like, I'm crashing so hard now. <laughs> it was like the best kind of adrenaline. And like getting to watch Clone Wars. Oh, my God. It was just like the opening with the theme and the voice of I war, I just <laughs> was so happy. I, I turned it on and the the logo popped up and I was like, oh my God, we're really here again. <laughs> yeah, I definitely teared up. And yeah. I was just, I, I don't know. I, I think about my neighbors who hear me watch this at like 630 in the morning. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's so loud. I make it loud, guys. I have to. <laughs> and I, I was just like, I was so happy. I think I sque like squealed. Squeal is such a weird word, but like I honestly yeah. did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I remember thinking that when I was watching when Mandalorian was coming out, you know, it's uh -huh. like 530 in the morning and I'm like, turn up the music. <laughs> yeah, and Mandalorian is a loud show. Mandalorian is so. a loud show. And then I was thinking, I, I can just imagine because I live in a I live in an old house that's been like divided into apartments. And so there's not like great sound like barrier <laughs> same with as me in, I live in an older apartment building there's none and so I 
I wonder if they were like, man, like what is going on that every Friday this chick is up at like five thirty in the morning watching like a war movie or something downstairs, and then like oh every like it's over, whatever it is it's done. Twenty two <laughs> minutes later, February rolls around and we started again with clothes, and they're like, yeah. when will it end? Never. I remember my upstairs neighbors telling me when I moved in, they were like oh man like we're really glad that you're here and like you look pretty normal because the guy who lived in your unit before you he always he had like disco balls he had like multiple disco balls hanging in the apartment and he used to have like really loud parties and and, like I can't express to you how small this apartment is like the idea of putting like an excessive number of people in it like kind of stresses me out and the fact that he had disco balls and and the people like across the way like my next door neighbors were like yeah we could always see like a lot of lights and like party lights and so they're like oh okay like this girl seems normal lol jk she gets up at 5 30 in the morning to watch (laughs) war movies (laughs) They're just hearing like blaster shots, and, like, dun, 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 dun. what's her sleep schedule? <laughs> like, I don't know what's worse the late night parties or the early morning war battles. I feel like, in, in the same conversation, I honestly feel like all my neighbors, when they're walking in the hallway and wa- going down the stairs and everything, I feel like I'm always watching some form of Star Wars and it's always <laughs> yeah. quite loud. So it's, it's just really funny. Like, right now, I I watched The Clone Wars this afternoon, and then I started my rewatch of The Mandalorian, which is going great. And I don't know, last year I watched The Last Jedi like every weekend. And I just feel like, (laughs) what does everyone think? I think everyone that passes is probably like, oh, there she goes. (laughs) That's definitely Star Wars. Like, you know, it's very, very distinct. Oh, yeah. Well, I know that you don't know all of your neighbors in your building. And so similar to how you have like nicknames for people like, oh, that's the guy who's always making like pasta like it always smells like spaghetti coming out of his house they're like oh uh-huh. that's the star wars neighbor she's always playing star that's wars me. like when yeah. in doubt you can hear jewel of the fates seeping out from underneath <laughs> her front door <laughs> i'm sure there are people listening who relate to this <laughs> yeah yeah 100 100 percent. uh but yes we are back to talk about season seven episode one and clearly we are over the moon overjoyed about it and i know a lot of you listening are and if you've listened to sky talkers you know that the animation department is like our favorite Ugh. thing <laughs> yeah i'm wearing my uh directed by dave filoni t-shirt right now mm-hmm. from talking bay i'm very excited yeah yes i i have mine too I, i'm not wearing it right now but i was wearing it when i was watching the new episode and i was like yes <laughs> yeah i feel like we might pick up some new listeners from this and if you're not aware just this is your warning we love Dave Filoni. We love the animation department. We are huge fans. Mm-hmm. Seriously, huge fans. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's definitely a cornerstone of our love for Star Wars. So to be coming back to this is it's just it's really special. And we're really we're really thankful that we get to see these characters again. And honestly, like coming back into the prequel era, the second trilogy is just it's so it feels like homecoming and that just makes me really happy. And like I said, hearing the voice of war and kind of just immediately diving into this battlefield, like the battles aren't even what I'm here for, guys. But I was like, wow, I feel like this is a big hug. These blasters are just giving me a hug, a kiss on the cheek this morning. (laughs) Yeah, it was really like no time has passed, except Mm -hmm. all the time has passed because the improvements of technology are so Mm. apparent. Mm -mm -mm. And it's it's really like no time has passed, but we're reaping all the benefits of time. No, it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Okay. So this is our very first episode, um, kind of similar to how we did if you listen to our resistance recaps. We're kind of kind of go over like the writer and directors, which I know we didn't do uh, when we were doing our fulcrum files, which was our uh, series where we did analysis and recaps of the last series of season of Rebels. But we did highlight all of the directors and writers for both seasons of Resistance. So I think we're going to do that too with Clone Wars because it's always fun to kind of see see who's really working behind the scenes here. So it was created by George Lucas. Man, the love bad that. Batch, first yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, the Bad Batch. And it's created by George Lucas, obviously. But it was really nice to see his name as the first name that came up in the credits. And executive produced, supervising director, the one and only Dave Filoni. And then it was and then it was directed by Kyle Dunleavy and it was written by Matt McNovitz and Brent Friedman. I was noticing when I was watching the story reels for this episode that came out, I think in, I want to say like 2014, 2013, that they released those videos of the unfinished Clone Wars episode. Um, these names are the same. Um, maybe, maybe Brent wasn't included in that. I need to go back and double check, but I, I thought that was quite interesting. And I guess that makes sense because that's where it began. Yeah, because I think the the original, like, the Bad Batch reels that were released, they were, like, the only thing left for them to be finished was not the only thing left. That makes it sound like there was not a lot of work that went into finishing these. <laughs> and there definitely was. But, like, everything was blocked. Everything was shot. You know, mm-hmm. most of those things were all in place. So, really, the, like, final rendering and, like, coloring and that kind of stuff and, and like, extra dialogue and things like that. But, you know, you watch it on – like starwars.com or I know I watched it on YouTube and it is pretty much the same episode, which is something mm-hmm. that Cheryl and I are really interested to talk about um, and how we experience the the Bad Batch uh, arc and I guess some of the other ones too in the future. So I know we're definitely going to be talking about that later on, but we are going to do a three-part series for the Clone Wars, uh, our recaps, just like we did for Resistance and for Rebels as well. And like we do for most of our shows. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like literally every single one of our shows, except for the The Mandalorian Mandalorian. (laughs) and reaction episodes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I remember when we were talking about what we're going to do for the Mandalorian, we were like, we should do three parts. And then we're like, but what if we didn't? I Whoa. just I think looking <laughs> back at that time, that was such a busy time in fandom yeah. that we needed the unstructured. <laughs> we really did vibe. We we really did. A hundred percent did. Yeah. But we are going to be doing three parts here. And part one, we're actually planning on switching up every week. So it's going to look a little different, which I'm excited about. I'm, I know I have like no idea what's what we're going to put in this part in the future. <laughs> but I think it's, it's going to be fun to see. And then uh, part two is going to be story, of course. And part three is characters. So without further ado, let's get started. So that, of course, was my main focus, is making a Star Wars that George Lucas was proud of, obviously proud enough to want to put it up on the big screen, and we're all thrilled about that. But, uh, you know, hey, fans are passionate, and whether they say for good or for ill about anything, any aspect of it, it's because they love it. You know, they, they, they want it to be good. They want it to, it to, they feel an ownership over Star Wars at this point, and I respect that. I mean in both directions you know I, I respect the good things i've heard and i respect when fans says ah why is it animated yeah, okay i get it but you know give it a chance and check it out and i think they'll be surprised because i'm a fan and i like it 
Okay, welcome to part one, the mystery part, I suppose. And something that we probably will keep pretty consistent in part one is we're just going to recap the fortune cookie. And again, the fortune cookie was like a great big hug (laughs) to come back to (laughs) because I'm pretty sure George wrote a lot of these fortune cookies too. So I don't know if he wrote this one. Maybe not um, because I know this wasn't what was at the front end of the Mm -hmm. Bad Batch reel that were released in like 2013, 14, whenever they came out. So the fortune cookie for this week's episode was embrace others for their differences for that makes you whole, which is very important in this episode. So I'll be excited to get into that. You mentioned fortune cookies and often, I always thought this was super interesting. The fortune cookie kind of led the uh, episode development and like the story all the story points came from the fortune cookie first. That didn't happen every single time, but I always found that really super interesting that uh, the writers and people like Dave Filoni were really guided by the moral and working from a theme rather than working from a plot device, if if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what's what's nice is that the fortune cookies, they're really, you know, it's kind of similar to how we do prologues on our on our main show, you know, it just it gives you such a nice like foundation. Like I think like for us going forward with our like with our Clone Wars recap and analysis episodes, it's almost like, oh yes, this is what we need to point back to. It's it's like a good touchstone for the episode. And I like that they put it at the beginning too, because it does kind of I don't know, it like I can see where some people might think that it should have gone at the end of the episodes, which, you know, it's funny. We call it a fortune cookie, and I feel like most people usually eat the fortune cookie at the end of the meal. <laughs> <laughs> but I like having it at the at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Okay, so for what we're about to do, this mystery part, Caitlin and I are going to quiz each other on trivia questions <laughs> related to this episode, which is something we've never done. And also, I think that... I don't know. I I wouldn't necessarily say we are trivia experts either. We don't really know the nitty gritty that well. I'd say that we know it pretty well. I mean, we do have a a Star Wars podcast, but sometimes, you know, we don't really know. We're not Star Wars explained. We're not here (laughs) to win a trivia uh, competition. But at the same time, we do love these kind of behind the scenes things. We love to know more, obviously. That's why we're here. I feel like our trivia questions in this one are not at all things that we keep up with either. Right. So, yes. We. I feel like you and I, we we go deep on very specific things. Like, you want to talk about the last 20? Oh, I can talk about the last 20. <laughs> but uh, yeah. other thing. It's funny. The questions we picked out to ask each other, I think we, like, pick them so randomly that <laughs> – <laughs> I, I think it's just it's funny so we are going to do questions we've got two each for each other and i'll go first with my first one okay so my first question for you is how many voice actors in total were in this episode of the clone wars okay i'm gonna have to see i'm gonna try to count okay okay so you have d you have matt you have Mace Windu, you have Matthew Wood. I don't remember who does the Mace Windu voice. So I'm like self-conscious about that. Um, so uh, you have whoever does Trench. Huh. Okay. I'm, I think that's it. So I'm going to say five. 
Okay, what's really interesting is that you're correct, but you're also <gasps> incorrect. Oh my god, how? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there okay, so I'll start with what you got like 100% right. So okay. Matt Lantner, great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you got Mace Window who is played by TC Carson, correct? Mm-hmm. And Matthew Wood who plays the battle droids, commando droids and the super tactical droid, which by the way, I forgot how much I freaking hate the super tactical droids. I just <laughs> I like them. I don't like them at all. I'm like give me all the battle droids. They're so they're so <laughs> vicious and they know it and I just don't like them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, D. Bradley Baker was correct, obviously, for the clone troopers. He also did the computer voice. And this is where you messed up. You forgot, oh, my God, Tom Kane, voice of war. <gasps> and uh, – but why you ultimately, I guess, kind of got it right is because D. Bradley Baker also voiced Admiral Trench. So, Oh, my gosh. Right? <laughs> Right? That's I was, crazy. I thought I totally thought you were going to get up to six. I was like, there's no way she'll forget Tom Kane. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Tom Kane. It's okay. I feel so bad. I no, can't believe I a- forgot. We just talked about we were just the voice of war. <laughs> and yeah, I can't. I can't. Yeah. But I was so surprised that D. Bradley Baker also did Admiral Trench. They were like, you're doing 57 other voices. Let's just add another one. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I can't I, believe this episode that is so filled with so much dialogue. There is a lot of dialogue in this mm-hmm. and a lot of characters is only five voice actors. It's That's incredible. Five. It's, it's and incredible. two of them have like two lines. Really? In the very beginning. Three of them have yeah. two lines. Matt, yeah. T.C. Carson, and Tom Kane all have like three lines. And then it's, yeah. and it's mostly D. Bradley Baker and then Matthew Wood. Wow. wow. Incredible. Amazing yeah, yeah. work. D., D. Bradley Baker. This is This was his episode, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your question is, what was the first Clone Wars episode Admiral Trench appeared in? And this is a multiple choice. So A, Duel of the Droids, B, The Hidden Enemy, C, Cat and Mouse, or D, Senate Murders? See, I literally have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Part of me wants to say... (sighs) These are all sourced from season one and two. I know. I want to say I. Mm, it's either B or C. I'm gonna go with cat and mouse. You're right. It's cat and mouse. <gasps> yes. Oh my yeah. god. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. You did it. I did yeah. it. What's funny is uh, when Charlotte was writing her question into our Google Doc, she first put down the hidden enemy, and I was like, you know that we're in the same. Google Doc, right? Like I thought she had put it in as the answer, like forgetting that I was also in this same Google Doc. <laughs> and then she was like, "Did I?" Hmm. I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> this is a psychological game now." <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Turns out you were right, and I was wrong. <laughs> Mouse is such a good episode, and is. it's part of a series of good episodes on Christophsis. Um, I don't know. I. I that one I feel like I watched a lot in the past just because that arc included Anakin and Padme. But also I feel like that was the first really long arc that – actually, you know what? Well, it's not because is- it's in season two. Isn't Cat and Mouse is the first chronological episode of the series, right? Yes. Yes. Even though it doesn't come <laughs> until much later. Season two. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> we love a messy timeline. Yeah, we do. We really do. Oh, boy. Okay. So my second question is, is Skako Minor located in located in the Core war- Worlds, the Mid-Rim, or the Outer Rim, or the Unknown Regions? 
Okay, so it's definitely not the unknown regions. I think we'd know that. Would we? They're pretty unknown from what oh I Oh, my hear. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's the core, core world. I think I'm going to say the Outer Rim. You are incorrect. Oh, no. What yep. is it? It's located in the core worlds. What? Isn't that so? And let me let me read this to you, okay? Because, I again, I know nothing about Skiko <laughs> And I, when I was <laughs> talking about this, I was like, am I reading Legends material? It's like, no, this is true. And I'm so excited to go to Skiko Miner now. So <laughs> okay. located in the galaxy, this is from uh, Wikipedia, by the way. It was located in the galaxy's core world, a grid square L9 on the standard galactic grid. The planet Skiko Miner sat between, okay, but I don't care about this. Um. It is. It has an atmosphere of hydrogen sulfide, which has unique pressure. So I'm like, are we going to get more like astronaut situation here? I could be okay with that. But this is the part that I really love. Uh, Skagel Minor was the home world of eight-eyed, gas-bag-headed vine walkers known as octoparis, as well as large flying creatures known as caradax. Yeah, that's coming in the next episode. I know. I just had no idea about the eight-eyed, gas-bag-headed vine walkers. <laughs> That really threw me for a loop. (laughs) And the fact that it's in the core worlds, too. I like how you're like, oh, we know it's in the unknown regions. No, we don't. (laughs) I'm just like, I think we would have known if it was the unknown regions. I don't know what I I mean. I don't know. But the fact that it was in the core worlds, I was like, I really feel like I would have known if it was a core world planet, but I guess not. But it is owned by the Techno Union. Okay. So you want to know, that comes up in the next episode, too. Yes. You know what's interesting? In this discussion of core world, mid rim, whatever, did you know that Jack Who is technically like what? Would you think Jack Who is outer would, rim? Yeah, it's mid rim, isn't it? It's inner rim. Oh wow, I even forgot about the inner rim in my multiple choice <laughs> questions. <laughs> but I think it's I don't know for some reason I'm like it is outer rim. It's the Tatooine lookalike, but it's actually not, which is it's, really interesting to me. That is very interesting. Yeah. Huh. And I think that was because of the strategic, like the placement that it needed to be in or after satellite. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> For after with the Battle of Jakku in uh, the Aftermath books, I think mm. that like it had to be close in some way for the story. So mm. it's really interesting. That is interesting. Okay. And so the last question I have for you is. What episode did 99 first appear? And 99, of course, is the clone who Clone Force 99 in this episode is named after. So here are your options. Rookies, clone cadets, or ARC troopers? I also have no idea on this one. And I think it's rookies. No. I think it's clone cadets. It's clone cadets. Oh! Oh! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whoa caught myself I was like it's not rookies it's not rookies <laughs> he's not even in rookies I know I know that's why I was like I, he's not that's I realized that as soon as I said it. I was like no I I don't know clone episodes but I know that he's not in that one <laughs> take it back take it back <laughs> you know more than you think I think that's the 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 moral of the story is I think we know more than we think okay well if we're keeping score I got two for two and Charlotte got like 0.5 <laughs> okay <laughs> I like how you say two for two. Like you have to talk about how much numbers you have, and I'm like 0.5. I have 100%. Charlotte has 25%. 
That doesn't. That's not how it works. <laughs> hey, I shouldn't even. I I like don't even know if I should give you any points for like. That's why you get like half a point for getting your first one right because you were right, but you were also wrong. <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't even going to name the people. I was but just you going did, to name we, the I wasn't going to name the people. You did name the people. <laughs> I know, but if I didn't, I would have been a hundred percent right. Yeah, you would have, but alas, alas. Oh well. <laughs> point five. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the story. Let's get into it. So, if you're a captain and I'm a Jedi. Then technically I outrank you, right? In my book, experience outranks everything. Well, if experience outranks everything, I guess I better start getting some. Okay, so welcome to part two where we're going to be discussing the story. And this is the part where we talk about the state of the galaxy (laughs) and also themes and, you know, basically going through what happened exactly in this episode. So first off, I'm going to ask this question that I often asked Caitlin in... Uh, our Star Wars Resistance discussions. And at that point, we were talking about what's the state of the First Order, what's the state of the Rebellion, or Resistance, really. And now I'm going to ask, what is the state of the Republic and of the Separatists? <laughs> I feel like we need to switch who intros each part because... <laughs> when you introed part one, I was like, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't even think about it. And then we I were did. Like, ready for part two, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> what's the state of the Republic? <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is that I think that this answer, I like, I don't know if we should have this this question in anymore, but definitely next week you're answering it. Is <laughs> it's just bad stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just the timeline is super pressured now. I feel like more. I feel like season seven timeline is going to look a lot like season one resistance timeline of just super pedal to the metal as far as the politics of what's going on, and you definitely see a lot more of the imperial influence i think in this episode you know we've got you know early imperial logos on a lot of the clones and we've got um and that's like the republic symbol isn't it it's something it's something sad and then we see a lot of the clones like in the beginning with anakin and mace they're wearing very imperial uniforms like their hat or hats in particular i noticed were very imperial so i think the state is that in this episode specifically it's funny because like now i'm finally trying to pay attention to what the voice of war is telling us whereas before i never was Mm -hmm. and they're basically trying to get the information from an an axis and because i think separatists control it right yes that's all I yes, got. That's it. <laughs> well, I think that's what's really interesting about the Clone Wars is it, we talked about this with our Clone Wars movie discussion is that, yes, the Clone Wars is extremely layered when it comes to politics. But knowing what we know about the way the Revenge of the Sith goes and we understand that Palpatine is really pulling the strings behind these two groups, right, the Republic and the Separatists or the Confederacy of Independent Systems. And I think it's always so interesting where we're in the middle of this battle and we're like, oh, who the good guys and the bad guys. And oftentimes, yes, that is how it is because they're both both sides are being quite brutal. One side, perhaps more. Usually it's a Separatist because this is. Star Wars and we root for the good guys. But I I think it's just interesting because we know that eventually this just doesn't even matter because who wins? Mm-hmm. At the end of it, it's Palpatine. So this question of what's the state of the Republic and what's the, what's the state of the Separatists, I think is it's a good question for us to ask right now because we're starting off our journey in the Clone Wars. But at the same time, it's it's not necessarily 
the best guiding question for each episode of The Clone Wars just because everything is muddled and it's supposed to be. They're it's it's we have a grand puppet master behind the scenes controlling everything and yes they become it becomes small you know minute battles that we see in each of these episodes and those in itself are interesting and what they teach their our characters are the most interesting but at the same time in terms of the state of the galaxy the one thing that matters is wow we're getting really close to revenge of the sith and wow this is all going to blow up in their face yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, so I wonder if we'll keep this question as we move yeah. on. But either way, yeah. next week you're answering it. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the really interesting things about this episode was the droids versus clones. And mm-hmm. this episode definitely sets that up because the whole crux of it is that, uh, you know, we see in the beginning that Rex and Cody are approaching Mace and Anakin because they're having a problem where they keep losing because every time they think of a new battle strategy, the clone or the uh, battle droids figure it out and basically evolve in order to anticipate their next move. And it's making it really difficult to get any traction, to have any momentum really in this stage of the war. And I think this was so – I think this is a really interesting conversation within the clones. And I'm excited to have this arc, honestly, where you and I are kind of forced to think about the clones more mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's definitely not our wheelhouse. And it's honestly not our first interest in Clone Wars. But having this time that's dedicated to them I think will be really beneficial for our own Star Wars journeys. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like if we're kind Agreed. of stumbling over some of these like, well, battle strategies and tactical <laughs> things, uh, I hope you'll – us some leniency because this is not usually the things that we tend to pay attention to in Star Wars. Um, I'll speak for myself in that. I know you do a little bit more than me, but that said, what is brought up like morally with the clones continuously, almost like endlessly fascinates me. I think that mm-hmm. Caitlin and I both just watched the Umbara arc, which Savannah had referenced in our last episode when we discussed our favorite Clone Wars arcs. And it had been mm-hmm. a really long time since both of us had watched that arc. And I'm just constantly reminded that it's just so complicated yeah. <laughs> with the clones. And the the very fact, like the fact that George Lucas really created the it's crazy the way that the stormtroopers are essentially the good guys and what that does to even us as an audience member kind of psychologically at this point right mm-hmm. because i think that when he revealed that in attack of the clones it was huge and just what it brings up even with the concept of cloning and everything and it's insane <laughs> um i think George i, I text- didn't have to go that hard but he did he, he really didn't and the thing that's in also crazy is that and i think we'll talk about this too is that if you put the clones and the droids next to each other the idea that the droids are mindless they just fire a weapon they follow orders because they're droids i think that even with like L3 introduced into Star Wars canon, like things like hit different now. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that just even, even like I feel bad for the droids at in a sense too, even the battle yeah. droids that are comic relief at, at a lot of places in Clone Wars. But the reason why the Republic to some extent went with creating the clones was to be able to, like, I think that the reason is twofold to create their own army um, that they can like 
essentially genetically modified to be super soldiers. And that's even where the Bad Batch comes in, correct? Mm -hmm. And then also to, uh, I don't know, to provide some sort of humanity to it. But those things, like, they don't really work in tandem. Yeah, but it wasn't wasn't even a humanity situation, though. It was... It was what I what's what's cool, not cool, but just again, like this whole conversation of of what the the presentation of the clones throughout Star Wars and the fact that the Jedi didn't even know they were being produced, basically, in Attack of the Clones. And Palpatine was like, I think you should use those. And the Jedi were like, oh, OK, um, it was already done. And. You know, I just like the, what is the ethics, the morality of the clones? That's like continually this conversation. I think that comes back around and and is really well presented throughout the cloners and in this arc specifically. Because should the Jedi have said yes, they were kind of put between a rock and a hard place. Like again, most of the point of the second trilogy is putting them between a rock and a hard place. And because of their diminished capacity to use the Force, they're often picking what they probably shouldn't be picking Mm -hmm. the choice and it is like now that you know the clones who they are they are they are people and i think fans of this show like the point is that they're more than clones that's the whole point but their whole genesis was that they weren't but that they were and it put them in such a difficult position where they had no choice but to like give them names and now you're watching them be killed and what do you do? Like, I think who is it? It's Rex, I think, who asked the question in this episode of like, well, what do we do? Like, what will become of us at the end of this war? And unfortunately, that that doesn't happen. I don't know. Well, it, for Rex, it does. For Rex, but but does it? Because he's living in this right in this like no man's land, hidden. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it does. I think it's Cody who says sometimes the sometimes the harder part of war is surviving, and Rex is kind of wistful. I think when he thinks about well, what does our what does our life look like, and this goes back. I think we talked about it either in our Clone Wars movie or our episode last week with Savannah. There was this video with Dave. From like ask Dave Filoni from like season one or season two of Clone Wars, and someone asked like what is is Rex happy or what's a happy ending look like for Rex? And Dave went on this whole psychological like 60 seconds of, well, what, like you're right. What is happiness for a clone? They're, they're created like their purpose. What's genetically embedded in them is to be a warrior. So if he is not fulfilling that purpose, is he happy? Can he be happy? Does he have autonomy to be happy doing something else? And I think that's what they're getting at, obviously, in this like whole series. And I think we're really gonna see. I hope we see more conversations like that. I'd love to see a, a conversation like that between, you know, like Rex and Anakin, or Rex and Ahsoka too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, wow, it's it really is so deep, honestly. <laughs> And even just kind of p- to pivot even further is that, yes, you have this kind of dichotomy between clones and like regular people, right? Mm-hmm. But you also have what's presented in this Bad Batch arc of the how do the clones respond to this group of misfits, these people who were genetic, genetically superior modifications or enhanced, right? Superior might not be the word. No, they say desirable mutations. Yes, that's what I was looking for, desirable mutations. Mm -hmm. And that – 
I, I don't know where they where they made that way or is it a, like mutation makes it sound like it was an accident and then because it was a, a quote-unquote desirable mutation they trained them differently than they do other clones but were they created with those like special abilities i i feel like there's the answer to this and i just don't know it yes th- there there is an answer to this and i think the way that i took it is when i think about clones like 99 whose uh genetic situation in terms of his age speed up or whatever mm-hmm. have kind of uh failed and he has been like overaged. Mm. I think that would qualify as not a desirable mutation. So I think that y- the Kaminoans mm. perhaps are choosing Testing. these clones, yes, who when they have a mutation, they will then like continue them out into the battlefield or not, you know, yeah. and the bad batch then is the people that do continue. That's Ugh. just my interpretation of it, but I don't know if that's absolutely correct. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, because I wonder if they are just mutations that they take advantage of or if they if they are testing, trying to make a mutation where like with 99, for example, oh, he grows faster he he ages his age is even more accelerated he can go on the battlefield sooner but then it's like oh that kind of backfired okay well what if we made one who can smell electricity or one that is super strong mm-hmm. uh so i wonder if they're actively doing this or if they're it's like happenstance and accident and i i feel like there is an actual canon answer to this and we just don't know it yeah but but basically what i'm trying to say though is that when you put these two groups together Something really interesting happens where you have to go back to the moral of embrace others for their differences for that makes you whole. You know, they're constantly butting heads in this entire episode of their their fighting styles. You know, Rex and the crew are kind of by the book. But, you know, Rex has never really been fully by the book. But compared to these guys, he is by the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, com- like those kind of things, I think, have brought out. I don't know. I wouldn't say the worst in each other, but at the same time, like I think they really do have to understand that they're all on the same team, and that has to be brought up here in in this episode, I think. What I really liked visually about this episode with Bad Batch and the clones is that I think we're so used that when it's, you know, the Jedi and the clones that we really see the differences in how the clones look and how, mm-hmm. you know, like Rex and Cody, for example, and, you know – the others <laughs> and and how they do have these little like monikers of who they are and and independent styles but then when you have this face off basically between the bad batch and the clones like like the 501st suddenly the 501st looks very identical compared to how the bad batch looks and i think i thought that was I thought that was an interesting visual cue too because when they are – like when they're isolated, when the 501st, for example, is just isolated, it's really easy to pick out their differences. But when they're standing in a line next to Bad Batch, it was very clear visually that like those are the regs. <laughs> and again, I, I liked too having the, the Bad Batch call the clones regs because I think Rex would say that they – you know, like we're brothers but we're different – but then, like, when he's put up against – not put up against, but sees people like um, the Bad Batch crew, it's like, oh, like, they're really different. Mm-hmm. That, is that okay? No. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the animation style, though, because I think we talked about it in the beginning of the episode. But I think something so clear 
in <laughs> this entire episode was wow the improvement of the animation seeing things like I, I get such a thrill out of seeing hair move in the Clone Wars <laughs> it's unreal but also I feel like I just wanted to pause every single frame and it was so gorgeous I think that Caitlin and I have both watched the story reels we referred to that before and you can't even really get a sense at all in terms of the environment that they're in like the <laughs> the almost mushroom type plants that are on this uh <laughs> this planet in the the animatics or I don't even know if that's the right word I just pulled that out of a hat (laughs) um they just look like you know drawn mushrooms and here it's a beautiful multicolored tree with (laughs) sound effects and everything it was just really great to see and I was astounded with just generally I feel like you know, the animation and the look and feel of an episode of Clone Wars, and we're talking about it in our story section because I really do think that it it aids to the the overall tone of the episode. And I think for me, the the reds and everything really do just it drew me right back into the fact that we're in in war, but this war is brought to a place that looks pretty natural. Mm-hmm. and has uh, you know bugs and and rivers and for I don't I don't know. I think that there's something there and I am constantly thinking about that kind of stuff about how the environment reflects what's going on and even oh my god even you know it was such a good scene when they were sitting by the fire mm-hmm. like hello the 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 lighting and everything it was just gorgeous. We really so it was this the clone wars glow up truly. <laughs> a glow up I'm talking about a fire <laughs> I, yeah I can't really say much more than what you said because I think it looked fantastic I remember when we're in the opening shot when we're coming down into into the the base there and just seeing the backgrounds and the environments I was like oh my god it just it looks incredible it looks and I remember I think it was one of the interviews you sent me today from that someone had been tweeting about with Dave at one of the screenings and stuff and just how there was this line of acknowledging that we have new technology to make things look really good and different but also making sure that it still feels like Clone Wars and stays in that style and I think they did it incredibly I think the fluidity of these episodes this episode was like the best it's ever been the facial expressions there was just a crispness to everything that was going on and i have a really old horrible tv and so the fact that it looked as good as it did on my tv is amazing and i just i was obsessed with it and like speaking of the environment and how it reflects you know what could be going on this episode that you're right it was really lush the place around us it was really beautiful to look at it was a very golden episode i feel like we Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time in like this you know like i'm gonna say it like the golden hour and it it really made me think you know this is the end of the series and the war is coming to a close it's just we're gonna be starting a, a a much more horrible time coming up in the future but this is the end and you know oh my god gonna do it revenge of the death novelization <laughs> save, <laughs> save the 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 best tale to the, the age heroes. of heroes they've saved the best, for, saved last. The best for last yeah and we really are coming up on the fi- finality of this series and of the war and of this time period of really closing a chapter and in the prequel era which is really sad <laughs> um but it's good 
to be seeing it at the same time. And I wonder if that was a conscious choice as far as like making it really like golden like that. And I I really liked it. I will say that I noticed that the mushroom like pinkish trees, when they get crushed, they sound like glass. It sounded like glass so cool. shattering, which I thought was so cool. I'm like, what is that? Is it like a lollipop tree? Like what what is that made out of? <laughs> what is that substance? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little bit of Willy Wonka up in our Clone Wars. <laughs> so I don't know. I really loved the look of this episode. I'm super excited to go to Skako Minor. <laughs> <laughs> now you are. I, I am I too. Like maybe we I don't know. So someone will be like, we've been there in 57 other episodes, Keelan and Charlotte. Yeah, it's true. And it's I'll true. be like, okay. I will say that the Wikipedia article does not have any pictures of it, like from Clone Wars. So I don't think that we've I remember been there. in the trailer. It'll be great. I'm excited. Next, next week, I'm excited. It's going to be really, a good episode. I really hope we get to see the eight-eyed, gas-bag-headed vine walkers known as Octop- <laughs> Octoptaris. <laughs> Truly. Why is that so funny? I don't know, but it really is. Can you say it again? <laughs> yeah. I, for one, am really excited to visit the homeworld of the eight-eyed, gas-bag-headed vine walkers known as Octoptaris, as well as the large flying creatures known as Caradax. Gas bag. Gas bag-headed vine walkers. Like, you gotta say it all together. It's amazing. Eight-eyed. Oh my god. <laughs> I really hope we see them. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm, like crying. It's so funny. Cheryl and I have this like literally decades old inside joke that I won't even bother explaining to you, but it has to do with baked Alaska. <laughs> it's like this menu description of baked Alaska that for some reason when we read it when we were 13 years old, we thought it was so funny and we've never forgotten it. And I feel like this has that same energy. <laughs> It really does. Glaciers, the sponge cake, ice islands, blanketed like, in golden meringue. <laughs> it's not even that good of a it's, food description. We blanketed in golden meringue. Golden meringue. Literally, we were thirteen. <laughs> We've never forgotten it, and I really feel like eight-eyed, gas-bag-headed vine walkers. <laughs> Same energy. Oh my god, this is so funny. It's so funny. Okay, okay speaking okay. of same energy, <laughs> let's talk about how Anaxis has big Scarif energy. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole thing is extremely Scarif-esque, and I think this actually kind of has to do with your discussion of it being kind of golden. I'm not saying that Scarif is golden, but I think there's definitely a, a certain tone that Scarif has of being bright. I think that filmmakers have talked about how Rogue One literally wakes up. It yeah. gets brighter and brighter throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that this episode, I don't think it definitely, I don't think it really functions that way, obviously. But I do think that there is this uh, natural element to this planet that is similar almost to Scarif, where mm-hmm. there's uh, like intelligence in the middle of nature, right? So yeah. you have you have this uh, sort of... Um, like infiltrating mission where you go deep within these hallways and everything because oh my god god that was such a good shot by the way that tracking shot when they go in oh yeah go up the first tower wow incredible um and i think that it's pretty similar i i do i you wrote this in the notes and i totally agree yeah. Yeah. I just um, really my big thing was that it is, you know, this cyber center is sending out signals or taking in signals. So it definitely 
it definitely has Scarif energy. I've always loved Scarif because it's basically just a really big library. And <laughs> I love how none of the people there know what to do when there's an attack because they're like, we're literally just a library. Like, we don't – this isn't our thing. And the battle droids in the front of this were like, there's going to be an attack? What? <laughs> and then he gets his head shot off. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it is – I think it's funny. Uh, I like the correlation there. And I, I feel like these things were – like happening at the same time i mean an access must have been first though right you never know i mean you, know, you I, never know i don't know i i agree i think that these kind of things were being set up like pretty soon right they'd have to all be set up right now given the fact that at the end of revenge of the sith the the death stars can you know being constructed so things had to be in place. Yeah, like Scarif is already around. I was actually thinking like in terms of physical production, like N-Access would have been. Oh, yes. Yes, but I actually like your question better, like where you took <laughs> it better. No, it's true, though. You're right about that as well. I, I think that th- this actually came first, which is actually yeah, crazy to think about. But, yeah. yeah. But again, like infiltration is not exactly like the newest a new line. concept yeah i don't know how to say that without making it sound like i think it's bad i don't think it's bad um but it's not exactly you know mm-hmm. it's not it's not mortis true, true <laughs> and again true, true, true. not a dig at it and i'm like digging myself in a hole here i like this episode y'all okay. um but yeah i know but i do like where you took the question better <laughs> as far as it being um like scarif is is probably being built or already finished you know, I bet it's already finished. Like Palpatine, like literally all the like we're literally probably months away from from Order sixty six in this timeline. However many oh God, cycles. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. We're sad. <laughs> we're sad. We're in the best stage so of sad. heroes, and we've saved it for last, and we're gonna cry. <laughs> so I. I think that there's, you know, this is funny because Caitlin, obviously, she mentioned at the beginning of the episode that she watched this really, really early. And I woke up a little bit later, watched it, and Caitlin had already watched, rewatched the the, uh, the previous story, um, story reels for this episode that were released a while ago after the series was canceled. And she was telling me about things as I had just finished <laughs> the new episode, which I think is really funny, actually. Um, <laughs> but I was like, in the in the story reels, did they say the word algorithm? Because for me, I feel like algorithm is such a modern word that is it's kind of a buzzword that is being used, has been used for the past like two years, kind of uh, a lot, really. And I think it probably had to do with the rise of Facebook being in kind of... Um, this political sphere and all these, all these things, right. The real world applications of the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's, I was surprised to learn that yes, in the original schematics, it seems like they use the word algorithm. And I'm just really surprised by that because that felt really at that time, like pretty ingenious that they would expect, you know, a a children's audience and to understand what that means. Because for us, I feel like, it's really in the cultural lexicon where we understand exactly what that means, right? But uh, back then, not so much. It was a big word. And I was intrigued by that as someone who works in social media. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think like with all the social media, right, it's definitely become a much more trendier word. But I guess it does sound kind of analog. So I can yeah. I can kind of understand why they would have used it back then. But okay, so this is where we are going to talk about the fact that this is technically not technically. I don't even know how you talk about it, but it's a repeat episode. It's a finished episode, a complete episode, completed episode. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the Bad Batch, and I, I actually don't know the whole history of how these reels were really used. We should probably look that up. Um, but so in Clone Wars Season 7, this will be a four-episode arc uh, all about – like what Rex is doing now with the Bad Batch. And these episodes were all released years ago, too. And I honestly, I don't think I, I don't even know if I finished the whole arc because again, whenever these were released, this, again, like the clones, I just wasn't as interested at the time. So I think I probably watched them. And they're unfinished. Yeah, and they're unfinished. I don't think I watched them, if at all, and definitely not very closely. So that's obviously definitely changing now. And so I went back and I, I know that I watched the first one. I know that I watched that one. But I was interested to see just how similar they were because I didn't know if it was just going to be like they finished it off and that's kind of what it is. So I was mm-hmm. rewatching the the reel that came out in whatever year it was and there is one difference that I think is a very interesting difference between mm-hmm. these two episodes. So in the original version of Bad Batch, the reel 6, I think it was called when Rex and Cody are talking to Anakin and Mace about, you know, the battle droids are learning our strategies, it's a big problem. Rex tells Anakin and Mace and Cody, like, in that opening scene that he thinks it's Echo. And Anakin says something along the lines of, we should hear what Rex has to say. And I think that's really interesting because Rex doesn't tell Anakin that he thinks it's Echo in this episode. There's a new scene I don't know if it's completely new, but the dialogue is of where Rex tells Cody that he thinks it's Echo. And Rex is like, oh, it's it, like we lost Echo at the Citadel. And that's what Anakin said in the original episode. And then he says, oh, maybe we should hear what Rex has to say about this. Like it is kind of weird. So I think it's I think it's a really interesting change um, because, you know, like Charlotte said at the at, earlier in the episode, we were watching the Umbara arc earlier and. Hopefully this isn't considered a spoiler, but um, at the end of the Umbara arc, the clones have to kill the Jedi Master Krell. On Krell, yeah. Yeah. And I remember they kill him without any other Jedi there and then reconvene with Anakin and everyone else later. And I remember thinking it on this rewatch. I was like, do they – like, are the Jedi going to believe what the clones told them? about mm-hmm. what Krell had said because Krell basically like turned to the dark side and like went on this whole tirade about how like he's going to become Dooku's apprentice and stuff like this all things I had very much forgotten <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh that's hella dark <laughs> and, and so they shoot him point blank there and I was like they just killed a Jedi master like that's huge and I wondered I was like so are, are, are Anakin and I figured Anakin would but I'm like are the rest of the Jedi council just going to believe that like, it's a clone's word against a Jedi, and that seems like a really big deal. And so I wonder if if maybe that's going to be something that gets brought up in this – the rest of this arc. And it might this not even – This idea of trust, really? Yeah, and it might not even be a big thing, but I thought it was interesting that that in particular was left out, that it was changed when literally most of the rest of the episode is exactly the same. Yeah, that's that's really the key thing is that when you realize that not much has changed at all between what we knew in this new episode, uh, the those differences really stick out and you begin to wonder why. And I hope and I I really do think because the the conversation that Dave had on the stage at Lucasfilm last night um, or two nights ago when they it was last night at uh 
at the screening for the first four episodes, he talks about, and I think that this is something to keep in mind as we watch the next three, he talks about how this episode, yes, was very similar, if not like 95% similar to what we knew. But the other three each reveal something that has to do with the ending. And I'm not sure, now I'm now I'm second guessing myself about whether he, saw, he said the three episodes or the next three arcs before the last arc. Um, but regardless, it's interesting to even consider that the arcs that precede whatever the final arc is, whether that's the Siege of Mandalore or something else, I feel like it, it's something to keep in mind what they have changed in order to make the ending make sense. And I I think that, Caitlin, you're onto something here about the idea of trust. And I'm sure that will be brought up again in the next episode when the clones then um, return back and uh, are joined up with Anakin, which, as everyone knows, Anakin's like my favorite character in the Clone Wars. And I'm really intrigued and excited to see that dynamic and how that changes. Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 excited. But not much has changed. And I'm just like, I'm honestly not sure how I feel about the fact that this is an episode that we essentially have seen before. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure either, honestly. I I know you've continued watching some of the reels, the next two, I think, that are out and or that were out. <laughs> and we're not gonna be talking about them in our recap episode, just no, an no, FYI. No. Um yeah. But I haven't. I've only watched the first one, and I think I'm going to keep it that way. Like, I'll watch the episode that airs and then watch the the reel that came out a couple years ago. I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna do that um, because I don't remember a lot of what happened. So I'm like, oh, I guess for me, <laughs> I'll keep some of the surprise. But I do think it's – I think it's a really interesting choice. And uh, when Charlotte and I were talking about it afterwards, I was like, I know it's not the same situation, but it does kind of remind me of like what happened with Legends when Disney mm-hmm. bought Legends or bought Star Wars and they were like, okay, Legends isn't canon. And it had never been like 100% canon, but it was like, okay, a line in the sand now, it is not canon. And they were like, what we do with episode seven through nine are not going to follow that storyline at all. And mm-hmm. But then with Clone Wars, it was like, no. We are following that storyline. <laughs> and I, I suppose that has a lot to do with, one, Legends was all over the place and was a much larger body of work as far as the the things that were out there. And two, it wasn't it wasn't ever officially licensed stories and it wasn't by w- – w- they weren't by people like George Lucas or, you know, like people who had been writing Star Wars officially, whereas the what we're seeing now with Bad Batch that was coming directly from George and Dave, and there was that interview that you posted from when Dave did the Q and A, uh, you know, a night or two nights ago, or whatever, at Skywalker Ranch, and Dave was saying he was like, oh my god, it was actually really sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was talking about how he really feels like, oh, I think the question was saying long lines, like, oh, will this definitely be the final season or whatever? And Dave was basically like, you know, it feels really, it feels really different coming back to it, and he he kind of implied that it was actually really, in a way, it was very sad to be coming back to the Clone Wars, knowing that it wasn't the same as it was before where and he he mentioned that you know a lot of the staff have, that worked on the original clone wars they've you know some of them are still there but a lot of them have also moved on to new things and new jobs and are not lucasfilm anymore and 
he said, you know, that was really sad. Like some of those people I watched their kids grow up and they're not here finishing these stories out. And he also said that, you know, George isn't here anymore either. And that's a big difference for me personally. And I felt I feel good about finishing the stories that he had helped create. But it also feels really sad to not have him here doing it with us. And I was like, oh, he got really emotional. He too, did. Which is something you don't really see. I don't think I, I think. I think the only time I've ever seen that is when he talked about his dad once. I know. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. And I just – I think that's I think that's one of the great things about Dave that has just been incredibly consistent throughout the whole time that he's been at Star Wars is that he's always said – you know, this is, this is part of why I think Dave like resonates with us so much is because the way that he talks about George versus the way that honestly most other directors in Star Wars talk about George is it's incredibly different. Like when mm-hmm. you hear a lot of the film directors, and I don't mean this to be naggy at them or anything like that, but it's it's very um, like a boilerplate. It's like, oh, you know, George created this universe and now we get to play in the sandbox. And that's yeah. kind of what they all say. And then, and and I think this has to do a lot with the situations that they're in. Like a lot of directors of the films, uh, like George wasn't there day to day. It's a very different situation, and I recognize that. But when Dave talks about it, he's like, "These are these are specifically the things that George has told me are most important to him." And I tried to do things how I think he would want to do them, while also moving the 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 franchise forward, moving the story forward. And I tried to remember how he taught me things, and you know about what the morals of Star Wars are, and and where you can do things like doing something for the fan versus doing something because you think it's a good story, and it's just it's a lot more specific and and to be honest it feels a lot more genuine and i think a big part of that is is because he did work one on one with george on these stories and i know that most other directors haven't done that and again it's not to be like well they suck <laughs> but it is like they're they're um, the way they talk about it sometimes can feel quite boilerplate and it's never felt like that with Dave. It's it's always felt very genuine and authentic. So when he says mm-hmm. it's really sad that he's not here anymore, I believe him when he says that, you know? Yeah. Ugh. I'm Wow. It really makes me very emotional mm-hmm. thinking about that and knowing – some of the the choices that have might that might had to have been made towards the end of the series, especially in those less finished episodes, um, without the main crew that was there in the past, it's emotional. It makes me, to be honest, I'm really looking forward to the behind the scenes, uh, anything that is revealed from mm-hmm. this development of the Clone Wars, and how long had they been working on this, and what sort of like the honestly behind closed doors things were happening before we even knew it. I want to know all those things. And um, yeah, I think that in terms of just to kind of bring it back, because I fully agree with what you're saying, in terms of the fact that this is an episode that has been out there for a while, it's it's just an interesting place to be in right now. Because I think for me, I'm happy that it exists right now in the front half or in the front of the series of the of the season. Mm-hmm. versus later like let's save like more of the new stuff that we don't really know for later so that we can finish off the series really strong and have way more discovery potential than right in the beginning so like for me that makes sense and even just like the concept I can understand and I was talking to you a little bit about this but in a sort of abbreviated version I I feel like 
I can totally understand why Disney would want to repick up uh, the Clone Wars because it's super desirable that these things are already finished, right? At least half of what the Clone Wars is, is putting out has been fully developed. And like, <laughs> just to put yourself in you know, the shoes of a producer, right? I'd be like, wait, we have these things. They're sitting on the shelf. They're almost done. We have the voices recorded. Why wouldn't we finish these? You know, it's like, let's add it to our asset library. We've got a trending hashtag. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's let's give the fans what they want and kind of give them what they've been asking for when it's already half done. Yeah. And maybe half is uh, generous because I know that so much goes into actually fully animating and yeah. producing and post and all these things, right? But I do understand it. And for that reason, I guess I'm grateful that this is in the, existing right in the front versus later. But it also aids to me like being more of like a coming home situation. I don't know. We're easing into the Clone Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's just it's a re- it's really weird. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of really strange. Uh, when you were talking, I was like, I guess it's kind of in a way. I guess you could. The only similarity you could pull was like waiting for Revenge of the Sith to come out. Yes, yes, it's especially because like, they released the novelization like a couple weeks before. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I feel like that's the only comparable thing. But even with Revenge of the Sith, there like you knew he was going to turn to Darth Vader. But again, there were still pieces you didn't know unless you read the novelization mm-hmm. prior. But this one, it really is, it really is beat for beat. So. Uh, like we are kind of the the thesis of this piece of discussion was, you know, the one difference did kind of stand out. So I wonder, I wonder if that will be a bigger thing coming up in the future, or mm-hmm. if it is just something that they've decided to move around. You know, definitely. Okay, let's move on to part three. Okay, great. The Jedi Order is your life. You can't just throw it away like this, Ahsoka. You are making a mistake. Maybe. But I have to sort this out on my own. Without the Council. And without you. Okay, welcome to part three where we're talking about the characters. And of course, the main pool here are the Bad Batch characters. So we have four of them. Wrecker, Tech, Crosshair, and Hunter. Do you have a favorite? It's so hard because I think I really like the look of tech. I love the helmet. I love the glasses and everything. But Hunter, pretty hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I, for a while, I was going to go with Hunter. And then when tech on, when they're in the cyber, what is it called? The cyber center? Cyber center? You're asking the wrong person. I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when they're in the cyber center and he sounds like, like the library i know in I know, 2001 a, i know i'm like are we at a shopping mall like <laughs> remember mall madness like you may you swipe your credit card you can go to the cyber center now <laughs> sounds like oh an internet God. cafe <laughs> I would, i'm like what is it called <laughs> i think it might be called cyber center <laughs> Okay, anyway, so they're in the Cyber Center for the sale of the decade. <laughs> and um, But Tech, like, jumps up on that table and he, like, spins around and, like, stabs one of those droids or whatever. I was like, that's pretty hot. <laughs> he, like, I know. This, like, 
<laughs> twirl mode. I don't know what he does, but he's like crouched and he twirls and he stabs. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes to that. <laughs> I think that is what made me pick tag. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to be honest, I like them all, mm-hmm. maybe with the exception of Wrecker, who just kind of bugs me, but I understand his appeal. He's very Hulk-like. Yeah. I, I feel like Crosshair is interesting and i i like the pick in his mouth really his and his look changed the most from yeah he, he did change a lot i think visually from uh the original reel to what we see now um his tattoo is so great though his face tattoo i know it really is and the thing is is that the in terms of the original reels you couldn't necessarily 100% tell the difference, but in this one, between them all, I mean, I think that it was clear, but it's not as clear as it is now when you have the colors, and uh, I think they've definitely refined, like, they do not look like clones. No, you know, they don't. Like, almost at all. I think that you can squint and see it, which is, like, a, a amazing, like, an artistic achievement, really, I think, but it's... It, I don't know. I think that it's... I like them all. <laughs> Hunter, I've seen it go around a lot online that Hunter is very Rambo-esque, and mm-hmm. I see that. I think oh, that yeah. you can't not see it. Yeah, well, he was good. Yeah, he wears a bandana well. <laughs> yeah, he does. He really does. And I like... It's funny, because I don't think I've ever been attracted to the clones in in a way. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people are, but I'm, I'm not. But I was like, wow, that's great. That's... Exactly. I love the rogue look. <laughs> yes. The hair. He's yes, got the like hair. Anakin vibes with his hair. Oh, you're so right. He has the same hair piece as Anakin. <laughs> with a bandana. <laughs> that just occurred to me. <laughs> you're like, oh. Oh, I he's just type. Anakin with like crossed with a clone. Okay, understand. Cool. <laughs> you're nothing if not consistent. Yeah. Glad I truly can, <laughs> glad I can help you recognize your subconscious there. <laughs> your subconscious thirst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that Hunter has the coolest ability, but I think I like tech the best. I gotta say, this feels sacrilegious, but was this Marvely? What do you mean? Was it Marvely? Like, like the, the the appearance of the characters with their names? Well, I think in that way, like, yes, it is. Then, like walking off the ship in the beginning, I was like, "Oh man, I I hate myself for having Suicide Squad vibes here," but I kind of feel it. And then I gotta say it because we're gonna get the comment. That's DC. We're aware. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I actually block out a lot of Suicide Squad, so I think I did forget that it was DC just now. <laughs> Charlotte had the weirdest experience with Suicide Squad. <laughs> we really did. We thought we were going to love it. And and we hadn't liked any of the DC movies before. And we, we saw the trailers for Suicide Squad. And we were like, whoa. Like, this looks so great. And then we walked out of the movie and we were like, whoa. <laughs> not great. We did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is in that period, I think we saw a string of like four bad movies in a row. And we were like, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah, we were cursed. We were cursed. It's so funny. Anyway. We recently had a similar experience. Um, yeah. Yeah, almost. But so, but, and then like with them having, you know, like Crosshair is very much like the Will Smith character in that and, you know, like Tech. Tech, I had like big Ant-Man vibe, <laughs> which yeah. I know is Marvel. And Wrecker, of course, like you said, Hulk. And then, and then Hunter is kind of like that. I guess, yeah. He's I like do that every man. He's like the most relatable because his like ability isn't 
literally he's, his costume. He's honestly like the oh, I was gonna say he's more like the Iron Man type of guy, the leader. Mm, he doesn't have Iron. I don't think he has an Iron Man vibe, but he does have like he's the leader. So yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying there. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, you're right. Not that that's a. It's not a bad thing. It's just yes, recognizable trope that yes. is happening. Yeah. Because I, it worked for me at least. But uh, just because I think it's it's always interesting when you get new characters that are that are different, and I think that's the, that's obviously the whole theme of this episode. But uh, yeah, and you know, honestly, this episode made me like Rex a lot more than I have in the past. I'm mm-hmm. intrigued to see Rex, and I've said this numerous times, but in this season, I can't wait to see Rex's survivor's remorse and all these things that are going to come up with Rex and seeing what he has to deal with this burden of knowing and thinking that echo is alive and that we have to we have to save echo or figure out where he is so that we can fight properly which is an interesting almost uh paradoxical situation about like we must fight in order for us to fight properly because this other team is understanding exactly what we're doing each time yeah i really liked seeing rex in this episode too i liked seeing him kind of put in this position it's funny because you know he works with anakin every day and anakin is totally a fly by the seat of his pants kind of jedi leader and then when he's but when he's put up with this group of clones who are doing completely different things he's suddenly like whoa (laughs) what's going on here when 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 i was watching it i was like you are in anakin's like group (laughs) surely this is not entirely new to you but i wonder if it has something to do with you know the the hierarchy that's in place in this war that the jedi are generals and the clones are not um Mm -hmm. so i think it's interesting i gotta wonder are there a lot of cody stands out there i'm not sure i'm not sure either i was surprised that he wasn't really in this episode you know, that he he is in the beginning, but then he gets knocked out when they crash, and then he's not really in it anymore. And I definitely thought that he would be in it a lot more. But it definitely did put Rex at the center as far as clones that we know really well so far. And I liked seeing him – I liked seeing him integrate himself into the Bad Batch and – Um, Even though he, in the beginning, was really frustrated at their strategy and how they did things, he realized that that was actually what this needed. And I liked at the end when, I forget what was happening, but the Bad Batch was like, well, what are we going to do? And he was like, well, I'm actually going to take a page from your book and we're just going to, you know, straight on. It's when they're entering the internet cafe (laughs) and we're (laughs) just going to, you know, go direct, direct assault. And I liked how he acknowledged that that was the best strategy was the unknown strategy. Right. And I think that goes back to the theme of the episode, embrace others for their differences, for that Mm -hmm. makes you whole. The only way forward is to adopt each other's differences. And what makes them what makes them a good team then is to understand each other's strengths and their strengths are, are all different. And I think they were struggling with that when they were sitting around the fire and, um, Wrecker kind of I can't I forget who he picks up who does he pick up to was it is it Rex I'm not sure um I don't remember I'm sorry uh and I think that there's there's like visible tension between all of them and it's not until they kind of settle and kind of accept each other for who everyone is um is the only way forward and the only way that they can uh, like cooperatively go in and perform this assault on the internet cafe and <laughs> everything, <laughs> right? 
yeah, you're right. Like the tension there is really visible. And then it does it does change throughout the episode. And I wonder if there'll be more like what other kinds of tension will be presented. Like I'm yeah, sure they'll start getting into psychological talks about what it is to be a clone and like, oh, they're just rags. And Rex will be like, no, we're like we're all more than just rags. We're all more than just clones. And mm-hmm. I wonder how the Bad Batch will respond to that since they are genetically different from the others and they're genetically different from each other as well. Like they really are independent people as far as like genetics are concerned. Absolutely. I mean, I'm reminded of um, in the Umbara arc that we had just watched, you know, there's this whole discussion about how uh, I think it's Rex who says, we're not clones, we're men. And it's interesting, the idea of labels, right? I think that that episode arc brought up that concept of these are my men. We're not clones. Like, stop referring to us as clones. That makes us sound like we're mindless, brainless, like have no emotions, no feelings, but we're men, we're human. And I think that that arc is brilliant and it's right. But here we go again in this one with the idea of labels. So we have crosshair you know, staring, uh, I think, I, I think it's Cody. I'm not sure that basically the regs down. Right. And he's like, I've just never worked with regs before and like flicks his toothpick and is really, it's quite aggressive, even though it's not, um, it's more, it's like passive aggressive, let's be honest. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that it, that's the, the beginning of the tension, this difference, this labeling. And you're right. At the end of the day, they both have to they all have to realize that they're they're fighting for the same team. And this idea of labeling each other, it's just it gets it's just hard. It's difficult. And I think that they had to learn that hard lesson that it just that doesn't really matter. And I think that I'm not sure at the end of this episode if they fully learned that lesson. I think you're right that they're going to revisit that throughout this entire arc i think that's definitely going to be the main theme is what happens when you have like in if you compare the umbara arc then you have the differences between the jedi leaders who are leading the clones right you have the differences between anakin skywalker who's uh mysteriously pulled away so that pong krell can come in and mm-hmm. kind of destroy the way that things are going with this group this the, the rex's whole crew and in this one you so you see the differences there in terms of leadership but now you get a, even a little bit more microcosmic where you see the differences between these uh, cro- clo- clone battalions these cavalries these 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 groups that must work together i like it i do too i really do yeah. i think that this episode it really was Dee Bradley Baker's episode and yes. um, something that I didn't mention in the story section, but this episode had a lot of great music, but it also had a lot of moments where the music was absent to the point where it was quite noticeable to me that they really wanted us to focus in and zero in and think about the character relationships that were happening on screen. And it worked for me. It really did. And I think Kevin Kiner is brilliant and he creates amazing music for the Clone Wars. Don't get me wrong, but I do think that there is such a gravity that happens when you remove the music from certain intense scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it really worked for me in this episode. Yeah, I think that some of the action music too sounded a lot different than what we've heard before in the Clone Wars. So I'm, I'm, I'm like anticipating what the Ahsoka leaves, if there's going to be something similar to that or we're gonna hear it again i don't know i just oh my god we totally we're oh, like i can't a, believe you just mentioned that yeah <laughs> i'm not think, ready we're definitely gonna get something like, like that. are we gonna get like an anakin and ahsoka like goodbye theme yes 
<laughs> and it's going to sound really similar to Ahsoka Leaves, which is Ahsoka's yeah. theme. But when in Ahsoka Leaves, it's like so sad. <laughs> yeah, I also wonder, you know that I'm kind of like not talking about the music in this episode, but you know how Dave has always talked about how at the end of the Ahsoka Leaves arc, which was the close of Clone Wars at the time, he it was such it was such like a battle with George to not end it with the Clone Wars theme. And he was like, you know, I, I can see him saying it so perfectly. He's like, you know, and if I've done my job right, like I've lulled you into this emotional space and then the episode ends and you're just bombarded with the Clone Wars theme. He's like, but I want you to stay there. And I'm like, where, Dave? In our sadness? Because <laughs> that's how yes. I felt. And he's like, I can see him responding. He'd be like, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it was like this huge, um, like thing for him, and he and he says he's like, I knew that if I show George like the rough cut ending without the cloners theme, and we just continue Kevin Kiner's Ahsoka leaves theme, then that would really sell him on it, and so that's what he did, and that's you know George was like, ah, yes, that is the right decision. So I wonder how, I wonder how the last episode is going to end. Like thinking about that, you know? Yeah. I wonder it's- if it will segue into. I don't know, like Vader's, like Vader's oh theme God. or something, like depending on where it actually ends or if, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just imagining, like, what's the, whatever the first track is of Revenge of the Sith. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm really interested thinking about that. Now that you brought up music, it made me think of that. Uh, is it going to be something like really somber that we've heard before? Is it going to be something directly from Revenge of the Sith or are we going to cut it off and 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 come into the Clone Wars? theme at the end i don't know 11 more weeks who certainly yeah. started a podcast google calendar and uh <laughs> i had it recurring for 11 weeks <laughs> so right now it's on every friday on our google calendar about clone wars and i'm gonna be real sad when that recurring event ends me too, me too. and then we'll have to pencil it in for the mandalorian and it'll be great yes yes it will be Okay, well, is there anything else we need to talk about with this episode? I don't think so. I, I think it was a great episode, a great mm-hmm. first one to kick it off. It feels so good to be home again, and I just want to leave it at that because it was amazing. Yeah, totally agree. Very happy to be back in this space, and I can't wait for next week. I'm really excited to be tired at midday on Friday <laughs> during the yes. work day. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> Okay, well, that is going to wrap up this week's episode of The Clone Wars. We don't even have a name for this series, but you know what it is. We're talking about Clone Wars. And (laughs) we hope you all enjoyed it. If you like what you hear and want to follow us online, we're most active on Twitter. You can find the podcast at SkyTalkersPod. Our personal handles, mine is Caitlin Plusher, and Charlotte's is at Crarity. We also have our website, Instagram, Facebook. Are all, just search Sky Talkers and you'll find us. You can also email us skytalkerspodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't left us a review, we would love it so much if you did. 100%, 10 for 10, recommend leaving us a review on iTunes. <laughs> It'll make you feel good. It makes good. us so happy. It'll make us feel good. Just all around good vibes, good Clone Wars vibes. <laughs> and if you're interested in supporting us in other ways, you can also head on over to our Patreon and check out some of the reward tiers there if you'd like. Absolutely. And today I want to shout out these patrons, Camille, Amy, Jared, Claire, Caitlin, Helly, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Kirsty, The Clashing Sabers Podcast, and Chuck. Thank you all so much for supporting us. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.
Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.